You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I remember I missed a game when I was three because I got drunk, which is... (laughs) When you were three? As I was three, yes. So we kick Brazilian Ty off the podcast and we bring in his uh, long-lost cousin or something. (laughs) (laughs) Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Ty. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? Set. And two and out is a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Cura, and we start today's show on a more serious note. Brazilian tie has been suspended without pay for his terrible take on Simone Lawrence's hit on Zach Kalaros last week. If we want to keep up a positive public perception of the Two and Out CFL podcast, we feel this is the right move. Evan made a comment on our Podbean app, and I quote, You lost a follower over Ty's terrible take on the Kalaros hit. Blaming Kalaros for sliding? Come on. Taking Evan's comment to heart, and the countless other emails demanding an explanation from Ty, we feel the best course of action is to suspend him for two episodes. He has refused to appeal the suspension so he can attend men's night at the local golf course. I will make no further comment at this time. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. So without Brazilian Ty due to his suspension this week, I've called up three guest analysts, and they're going to be filling in on the show. We'll reveal who they are uh, a little bit later on, and we'll preview the three games for week two. But just going through some of the news from the teams that are currently on by, the Montreal Alouettes have added Robert Flash Gordon as their receivers coach. He played for 13 years in the CFL, and his best years probably came with Kahari Jones throwing to him in the early 2000s when Kahari had those amazing years. And, of course, his head coach, Of the Alouettes, he brings in Flash Gordon as their receiver's coach. The Calgary Stampeders have signed veteran defensive lineman Jabbar Westerman. They uh, want to go Canadian in that position, defensive tackle, and they took a pounding from the Red Blacks defensive line last week, so they do need to shore up that depth at that position. Let's uh, start going through the Week 2 games. We're going to start with the Ottawa Red Blacks hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and TD Place announcing this week that they're banning plastic straws. We're seeing this more and more. Bars across the country are uh, doing this, and TD Place seems to be the first you know, CFL stadium to make this step. We'll see if the rest of the country follows suit in that regard, I do want to welcome our very first analyst to the show. His name is Adam Stewart. He's at Adam Stewart one on Twitter, and that is Stewart with a U. I, I have to give you credit because uh, Brazilian Ty gets slapped with the suspension because of his his take on the Simone Lawrence hit, and you said, "Well, uh, 
I think you guys should make a call to the practice roster. And you were basically the first one to apply. And when you're the first one to apply, you basically automatically get the job. So, Adam, first of all, what are your credentials here? Well, pretty much I absolutely have nothing. I've got a good voice. <laughs> but, hey, I'm the official voice of the senior hockey team, Theodore Buffalo. So maybe that would count for something. Well, that, that definitely does count for something. And you know what? You're selling yourself short because you were working up in Swan River, Manitoba today. And on the way back, you stopped in Kenora, Saskatchewan at Wong's Cafe for maybe the best Chinese food on the prairies, dare I say Western Canada, dare I say North America. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's right up there. I mean, let's face it, when you're driving through one of the uh, biggest Ukrainian places in all of Saskatchewan, the biggest thing you can do is stop in for Chinese food. It's, it, it, I mean, it's incredible, that food there. Isn't that just the definition of Canada? You are you are on the prairies. You are in, like you said, the Ukrainian capital of the province, and you left with Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I mean, every corner street in Kenora, usually you can get a good uh, good set of pierogies or <laughs> get yourself some cabbage rolls or something, and you, you leave with uh, ginger beef and a combination instead. Yeah, what's your go to there? Oh, I usually I go for the combination, but you know. That ginger beef, there's something about it there. Yeah, always got to have the ginger beef if you go to go to Wong's in Kenora. Yeah, so there you go. I don't know if they've got any money to throw at two and out, but <laughs> I, I think we've given them a, a lot of plugs here. If you're ever in Kenora, make the stop at Wong's Cafe. I want to get uh, your thoughts on the whole Simone Lawrence situation. We've kind of had a, a week to cool down. I, I know if I recorded a podcast Thursday after it happened, I would have been a lot more angrier than I am now. But what were your initial thoughts on the hit? Well, you know, I was actually, uh, funny enough, I was driving back from Swan River that day too. And uh, I was listening in to the uh, play over on, uh, on the radio. And all of a sudden I hear three plays in and all I hear is, and Kolaros is down again. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I was absolutely furious when I heard that. But I was sitting there, okay, I'm going to give Simone the benefit of the doubt. Maybe yeah. it wasn't such a bad hit. Maybe it wasn't too – afterwards, then I turned it on and watched it. And, wow, that, that was a very, very bad hit. I mean, could Simone have uh, avoided it maybe? Yeah, I know he's already moving into the guy. But you know what? Really, emotionally, again, I'm a, I'm a diehard Ryder fan, so – uh, for me, I would like to see the book throwing Adam thrown out of the league, all the other good stuff. Uh, but you know what? In reality, probably two games was probably the right amount. Think about it. That's ten percent of the guy's salary. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good amount of his salary already. That's that's going now. I just kind of got a notice there that says that he's appealing it. Now, one game I think is a little light, but. Again, it's hard to say. To me, I think two games is the right amount for that for that hit. Yeah, you're right. And TSN's Farhan Lalji reported actually Wednesday night that the CFLPA has formally filed an appeal on behalf of Simone Lawrence. So he'll he'll probably play this Saturday against the Argos as the arbitration isn't expected to happen until next week. And I've never seen this before. The CFL followed it up with a statement uh, responding to the appeal, and I quote, this is from Randy Ambrosi, 
The CFL is deeply disappointed that the CFLPA has decided to contest the league's attempt to punish and deter a dangerous play. It is highly regrettable that the association has informed us that it has decided to grieve the two-game suspension the CFL has imposed on Simone Lawrence after he struck Zach Caleros in the head after Caleros had given himself up by sliding feet first. We should embrace a shared responsibility to do all we can to punish and deter any play that crosses the line. It is disappointing that the union has decided to use a legal process at considerable time and expense to defend an offending player instead of standing up for the player hurt on the play. Let's use that time and money to instead work together on new ways to promote and protect all players' safety. Wow. Uh, I thought they were friends after the CBA got dealt with, but I guess not. Uh, Monday, though, there was a whole nother buzz on social media with, I guess... A similar hit that Simone Lawrence had on William Powell last week against the Riders. I don't know what it was, but I'm a fan of Simone Lawrence, so it, it hurts me to see him playing like that. But that reckless and dangerous stuff is exactly what we're trying to get rid of, and they've been preaching it, it seems like, for five years. Exactly. You look at uh, guys like Kyrie's a bear. I don't want to see Simone Lawrence compared to the guy because for the most part, he doesn't hit like that. Now, the second hit on William Powell, you know what? Both teams were already fired up from that first hit on Mm -hmm. Zach Kalaros. I could see things like that happening. Uh, You look also, Luke Tasker was uh, banged up in that game as well from one of the Saskatchewan uh, uh, linebackers. I mean, it it was a very interesting uh, game. But, yeah, no, both hits were were questionable for sure. But uh, for me... If you're going to suspend the guy, he's got to be gone for two games because of the hit on Kolaros. The other one, I don't think it was bad. Let me don't get me wrong, but Powell was still going forward. So he should probably be gone for two games because he basically played a free game that he should have been ejected from. <laughs> no, without a doubt. I mean, if if uh, if I don't know what Andre Pruel was thinking in that game, but really, it's the first game of the season. If you want to set a precedent. You go and you throw the guy out on that play right there when Zach Kolaros got hit. That's putting a message out there that, hey, we will not tolerate quarterbacks being smoked. Yeah, hopefully hopefully this week's uh, a lot better. It is uh, three games this week, including the Ottawa Red Blacks hosting the Riders in their home opener. It's it's a tough situation, I think, for both teams as far as the schedule goes because Ottawa's coming off a win in Calgary Saturday and then they got to fly here and uh, uh, play the Riders on the Thursday. But the Riders, back-to-back Thursdays, back-to-back road games in Ontario. So they flew back to Saskatchewan and practiced there. But all word has that Cody Fajardo is going to get the start for the Riders. But they're going to play Isaac Harker as well. He's the third string right now. I know we joke about the third stringer being the most popular player uh, in the Rider Nation, but it, it seems to be the the case right now. How do you feel about the Riders going with the the whole two-quarterback system? Because we kind of saw this last year. Yeah, myself, I don't like it. Uh, even though I'm the third stringer here right now on the 2 yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's face it, I think Isaac Harker has a really good chance of becoming the future quarterback of, of a CFL team. I, he does have that look of him like he has a chance. Now, we've said this with Watford, yeah. we said it with Sanceri, we said it with Brett Smith, 
We said it with Brandon Bridge. We've, we've got, I can go down and down the list. The thing is, if you're going to play all these inexperienced quarterbacks, they are going to lose confidence really quick. To me, it was up to myself, and I was Coach Dickinson. I would probably be playing mostly, I would be playing your uh, Cody Bajardo, and then going and getting Brian Bennett in there. If you really, really think that Isaac Harker is your future, give him that time on the sidelines to learn the game before you just throw him out there. I actually thought Fajardo looked okay in the preseason. He only saw time against Calgary and went 10 of 12 with 73 yards, and he was actually more mobile than I remember him being in that game against Calgary at six carries for 32 yards. He seems to be a guy that if his accuracy is on and he gets the protection, then maybe he can put a solid game forward for the Riders. But we know the way the team is built. They're going to run down Ottawa's throat with a William Powell who makes his return to TD Place. All he needs to do is basically protect the ball and make the easy plays that he has to make because the defense is going to keep him in it. No doubt. The other thing also to keep in mind is look on the other side of that football. Ottawa right now has two quarterbacks. Yes, Jonathan Jennings has a little bit more experience in this league, but Dominic Davis doesn't have a whole lot of experience in this league. If you get him rattled up, let's face it, you've seen last week, four interceptions uh, against the Calgary defense that is not quite the same Calgary defense as last year. This time he's playing at Saskatchewan Rough Riders defense that could be one of the, probably is the elite of the league. So if he starts to chucking balls like he did last game, I could see a lot of picks and I could see some going back for six again. That's what they're. That's what the writers need to do. I mean, how many times did we say that last year? The defense was putting up more points than the offense. Uh, they didn't do it last week, but if they can do it this week, then things get interesting in Ottawa. No, without a doubt. Uh, the only issue that I've got with Saskatchewan right now, as well, is you've got two inexperienced quarterbacks back there, and you're missing two big pieces of your offensive line. Brendan Labatt looks like he's out for this game again. And you've also probably uh, lost uh, Darius Bladek. Uh, it doesn't sound like it didn't sound from what I've heard that he's going to be playing this week. So if you lost two pieces like that, you're you're going to be having to start your uh, rookie. And I mean, it, it's not really going to shape up very well for your quarterbacks. Man, you're you're totally right there. It looks like Dakota Shepley is going to get in there at. Uh right guard, and I liked what I saw from the Red Blacks last week. They just took their lunch pails to work and went to work at McMahon Stadium. They had an all-Canadian offensive line that played with an edge, and yeah. you definitely like that from your offensive line. Moses Badu had 24 carries. I can't see them repeating that. No, I can't either. Yeah, When they're playing five days later, and he was beat up, Towards the end of that game, there was a there was a bit of a late hit, kind of the same deal. Uh, Corey Greenwood had a late hit on Moses Madu in that one when he was down, and it kind of gave him the forearm to the head, and he ended up getting fined for that hit, and so did Delvin Bro for his late hit on William Powell last week. I don't think Madu can take the punishment of another twenty four carries. No, I don't believe he can either. And the same thing, when you look at Saskatchewan, will William Powell be able to run that ball 24 to 30 yeah. times, a, 20 to 30 times a game? Because if you take a look, William Powell is really, I, if the quarterbacks aren't going, you're going to be handing that ball off a lot. 
And with an inexperienced offensive line, the Rough Riders could really be in trouble there, especially, like you said, that no-nonsense attitude out of that offensive or defensive line out of Ottawa uh, really, really could spell trouble for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. No nonsense from that team on either side of the ball. <laughs> Without and, a doubt, I think I think they might have got a chip on their shoulder from everybody saying that. I think so. Of the league, I think so. And you know what? No nonsense from that concession stand either. I don't know if you had a chance to see, but they are coming out with a two foot long Doritos mac and cheese hot dog. <laughs> that thing there just looked like a heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> But hey, Trav, I gotta ask you, which one is it? The outrageous burger or the two and a half foot Dorito cheese dog? Oh, which do I want to try? Is both an answer? <laughs> I think I think at the Great Cup this year, I think they should just bring the international foods from everywhere. You get the lineman dog from Saskatchewan. You get the the cheese dog out of Ottawa. You get the outrageous burger out of BC. I mean, that could be the CFL party right alone. Why the hell not? We should have a food day at the Grey Cup, or these teams should bring their concession items uh, to the Grey Cup because, man, it's expensive to travel across this country. You know, I'm hoping that uh, Rod Black and Dwayne Ford are doing the game on Thursday so we can see Ford uh, maybe tackle one of these bad boys. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing Dwayne Ford eat one of those would just, just make my day as well. But he didn't even, when he tackled that outrageous burger at BC Place, I, I kind of think about my strategy going into it. I'm like, I, I can't eat it all by just squashing it down. But that's exactly what he did. <laughs> uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Ford, he's, more of a, he's becoming more of a le- CFL legend every day. It's not just because of the draft insights now, too. He's also, <laughs> maybe he's trying to take over for Murray McCormick as a football foodie. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I I, I, I got to think Fordsy would like it up uh, in Kenora at Wong's Cafe. Oh, I would imagine there'd be a few guys. Let's face it, I think that place could feed the entire offensive line of a Rough Rider team. Yeah. And probably that's only one combination. <laughs> uh, you won my fantasy league that I organize every year. Was it two seasons ago? Uh, no, I think it was just, uh, yeah, no, it was two seasons ago that I won there. So uh, I, I guess technically a, a year and a half ago or something like that. So sure, yeah. i got to ask you, are you going to have any uh, riders or Red Blacks in your lineup this week? You know, I think I'll probably have a rough rider in my lineup for sure. Uh, do you try to do that well, every week as a rider fan? Yeah, well, I try to get one. I mean, let's face it. T- otherwise, otherwise, they revoke my membership and kind of mess <laughs> getting it back and everything. So I would try to keep one in there at least. But uh, for me, probably William Powell would be one pick that I probably would not want to miss on. Depends what his cost. Like, I mean, his cost is going to be very, very high this week. Uh, yeah, he's he's out. almost nine thousand. He's like eighty nine sixty seven. Yeah, like <laughs> it, he's getting he's getting expensive. The other option might be also is to take a look at the Saskatchewan defense. If uh, if uh, Dominic Davis is going to be throwing them up like he did against Calgary, could be some easy picks and maybe some uh, defensive points there. Yeah, so the Riders have the most expensive defense, while the Red Blacks are kind of middle of the pack. And I like the Red Blacks' defense this week. And I know I talk about 
it being cheating if you don't start a defense, but I think this might be the week if you were ever going to do it. There's only three games to ditch a defense, and right now I have Brad Sinopoli in my lineup just because, I mean, if uh, he's going to make another seven catches, at least it's something, and the pickings are pretty slim in a three-game week. No, for sure. The other guy I'm taking a look at is maybe, maybe, looking at somebody a little bit cheaper, uh, R.J. Harris, I think, might be an option this week. Uh, depends how I can fit him in. Uh, still debating here, though, if I go with an expensive running back uh, tandem or if I start breaking it out a little bit. So, Well, you know what, Adam? I think for a practice roster guy, you knocked it out of the park. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for coming in and filling out. Good luck in fantasy this week. Good luck with the weather taking care of your crops this summer, too. Yeah, no, without a doubt. We finally got some rain out here, so we're a little bit happier than uh, than we used to be, for sure. It was, uh, it was getting a little dry out here. Thanks again, Adam. I'm glad you're getting some moisture out on the prairies. I do want to mention this 2 and Out CFL podcast is brought to you by ATB Financial, and I do want to point you into the direction of ATB Prosper. All of the information is at atbprosper.com. But whether you're saving for your future or you got some goals, some dreams, you want to make a reality, ATB Financial can help you help you make that happen with ATB Prosper. They've got uh, customized investment plans. You just log in online, basically, <laughs> you know what you're saving up for, and you'd be surprised how fast it really grows. You set your goal, invest a hundred bucks, and it will grow grow, grow. It's really easy to do. You probably spent more time sitting in the Tim's drive-thru waiting for a double-double. So atbprosper.com start growing that cash right in front of your eyes with ATB Financial and ATB Prosper. We're going to move on and talk about the Eskimos and Lions. 7 o'clock Friday night football at Commonwealth Stadium. Looks like the Eskimos are pulling out all the stops again. They're going to have Brandon Zilstra there. Of course, with the NFL last year, they, last week they had Kenny Ladler. I guess Shannon Sharp is going to be in the house as well on the field for the coin toss. But the big story here is Mike Riley, franchise quarterback for the Eskimos for six years, now with the BC Lions, returning to Commonwealth Stadium for the first time so early in the season. The Canadian Football League had a conference call with Mike. On Wednesday, and Three Down Nation's Justin Dunk asked him about the conversation he had with Jason Moss when the decision was made that he was going to BC. Yeah, it was a tough conversation. Um, you know, so basically how that all went down was that, of course, I wasn't going to have a conversation with Jason um, until the decision was completely final and, uh, you know, and make sure that when I did get to speak with him, then all the cards were on the table, and uh, and it wasn't playing the game of okay, well I think this is what I'm doing. Sorry, I'm not coming back, you know, but I'm not totally sure. We haven't, uh, you know, figured everything out and all that. Um, so when I did speak with him, it, you know, it was it was finalized in the sense of I knew that I wasn't coming back to Edmonton. There was still you know, contracts that needed to be signed, of course, and things like that, which couldn't happen until February 12th. Um, but when I did talk with him, I had a great conversation conversation with Jason. Jason's a very good friend of mine. Um, you know, my my wife and kids are, are friends with, uh, with Marge and his kids. Um, you know, we, we became very close over three years, so 
uh, it was a hard conversation to have because I was leaving, but it was an easy conversation in the sense of I wasn't gonna—I certainly wasn't gonna lie to him. I have uh, too much respect for him, and so uh, we talked for 45 minutes, maybe an hour, um, you know. And and so he certainly wasn't uh, happy with the decision, but I think he understood it and he respected it, um, you know. And and you know, we're we're still very good friends. We're on great terms, you know. I I came back to Edmonton and in the end of March to do a speaking engagement that I had already committed to. And, and I, you know, spent, my family came up and we all spent time together. Um, you know, he's a guy that I, I will always consider a very good friend. Um, but that, that certainly there's, there's conversations that, that you have throughout your life that are uncomfortable and you really don't look forward to them. And, and that was one of them. There's no doubt. Now, if Mr. Adam Stewart is from the practice roster, our second guest host of the week, I guess is from the, pre-practice squad <laughs> joe balaneski the man that ruins everything on twitter how's it going man not bad how you doing man good emotionally how do you feel when everybody says that you ruin everything yeah, i'm okay with it it's not a big deal i mean <laughs> if that's I, I i can't deny it i mean there's true evidence that i do ruin a lot of things on twitter <laughs> I, I guess yeah, you're kind of used to it. It's I, I just I'm fascinated by how in person you are one of the nicest people I've ever met, but on uh, on Twitter you're like the the wood tick that's buried into my arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twitter Joe isn't the same as real person Joe. No, it's not. Now, what did you do before Twitter? What was your alter ego then? I don't know if I ever had one. It, it kind of, maybe it's uh, I needed Twitter to to uh, find this person. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing you on because uh, uh, talking the Eskimos right now is they host the BC Lions and Mike Riley on Friday night. You've been an Eskimo fan for how long? Uh, 86-ish, I think, went to my very first game. So that's, what, 33 years? Man, that is so cool. And you've been on the Eskimo Empire podcast, uh, part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well. You've got some really cool stories to tell. Didn't you get a locker room tour once, or am I remembering this wrong? No, no, I did. I I, um, I think it was 2015. Um, myself and, and my friend John, we made Dwayne Mandrusiak a banner, um, basically epitomizing the uh sort of mimicking the the uh, wall of honor banners that the Eskimos have at the stadium and um and he saw it and he gave us a thumbs up and then the next day after the game I went and I hand delivered it to the um ticket office at the Eskimos uh offices there and the lady called down and Dwayne's told her to bring me down and yeah I spent a probably about an hour down there with him wow. and giving me a tour meeting players and seeing everything and I mean it's it's definitely like I said on Andrew's podcast, it's if you've never been in the locker room, it's you're you know you're walking through hallowed halls, so you're you just know everybody that's been in that room, and you know just seeing even the current players of the time there, and they're they're totally cool, laid back guys saying hi and things like that. So yeah, it was it was definitely a kind of a dream come true kind of a thing. When it's all said and done, do you think he'll get a spot on the wall, Dwayne? Yeah, they they they, they have to. I mean. He's literally the longest-serving Eskimo, and I, I know he's not a player by you know, you know by namesake and all that, but he's he's a uh, he he is an Eskimo, true and true. I mean, he's been through everything, he's seen everything. I mean, if they don't honor him with a wall of honor, then then I don't know that there's something wrong with the the people upstairs, in my opinion. But 
It, it was a big off season of change. So transitioning to Friday night's game, and the biggest change of all is losing your franchise quarterback, going closer to home to BC. What were your thoughts when it happened? Were you kind of preparing yourself for it? And now what are your thoughts now of him coming back to Commonwealth Stadium so early in the season? Um, I, I Obviously, as CFL fans, we knew the rumors were there going into like they were they were circulating before the end of last season obviously and and Mike being the the consummate professional wasn't acknowledging them and uh, as fans we we kind of you know put two and two together him being so close being close to home I mean any of us would have made that decision if we could if we were away yeah. from our family for an extended period of time we would make that same call so uh, I don't blame him for going and obviously the money was wasn't a was a big draw as well I mean I'd like to know where Ed Hervey's getting the money, but um, yeah, no, it, it, it's a it wasn't shocking per se because we we obviously prepared for it, and and I think you know Brock Sutherland obviously did as I've heard numerous people say on all the various other podcasts. You know, he went out and got the best option out there, a quarterback in, in Trevor Harris. So it, it's definitely you know I, I think last week can kind of prove that. I mean, he went in. I, I think Mike might have been a little nervous in his first game back in BC. And I think maybe that's a little played into why, you know, the, the outcome of the Winnipeg BC game last week, but I have a feeling uh, Friday night he's going to come in here and he, he's going to want to kind of make it his game. And it, it's going to be a definitely a different BC Lions team than last week. I, I think that uh, this game is going to be just an aerial assault from both sides because they, they couldn't really handle Matt Nichols and Andrew Harris last week in BC. Nichols threw for three touchdowns. But Harris, of course, is going to throw for more yards. He's a more flashy quarterback than Matt Nichols. So I think Friday night, if the weather cooperates, which right now it kind of looks like it's not going to, <laughs> we, we could have a fun game under the lights in, in, at Commonwealth. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I mean, rain or shine, it's always fun to go and, and sit in that stadium and watch it. But, uh, yeah, no, if, if the, if, if both quarterbacks decide to, to try to one up each other, it, it's definitely going to be fun to watch. But then, you know, we've got, I'm, I'm fully expecting BC to run the ball more as well, especially if the weather is going to be, you know, crappy. I think that both teams are running and obviously watching John White and, and, and CJ Gable do their thing is always entertaining as well. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a very, highly offensive game. I think the defenses are going to have a real tough time on Friday night. Well, and you know what? Uh, Riley and John White are not the former, are not all of the former Eskimos with uh, the Lions. I mean, Ed Hervey's a part of that. Aaron Grimes is a part of that. Do you think the Eskimos kind of have a second or third rival now in the Lions here? I think I think the Riders sort of have a rivalry with everyone in the league, just kind of the way that their fans are. And the Eskimos have the natural rivalry with Calgary. But come on, you got to want to beat BC just as much as Calgary now. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would have to agree with that. I think uh, you know it's always whenever players from your team go to another team. There's just between the fan bases, there's that rivalry. But I think I think the players look at it that way as well. And I know I think. I read or saw an interview with Jason Moss today, and he says, "You know, we're 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 not focusing on one player; we're focusing on the entire team." And but when you look at the BC Lions, like a good chunk of those players used to be on the Eskimos even last year. So, yeah, there's there is that natural rivalry I think developing. But I mean, 
in the CFL, you get those natural rivalries regardless. I mean, you can almost say even Calgary and Ottawa have a natural rivalry because when they play each other, case in point last week, you know, everybody expected Ottawa to, to you know, come out and be, you know, oh, yeah. crap the bed. But for some reason, whenever Ottawa plays Calgary, the games are always entertaining, right? So, I, and, and it's the same thing with BC. Um, when BC comes to Edmonton, the games are always highly entertaining, you know, goes to overtime all the time and things like that. But yet, for some reason, when the Eskimos go to Vancouver, they have a real tough time playing there. So it, it is fun to watch those games, and it, it, it makes, for, you know, for, for a fan, it makes it really fun and uh, good to watch. After week one against Montreal, how are you feeling about Edmonton's defense? I think a lot will agree that uh, they probably have the best linebacking core in the league, but Santos Knox missed that game, but he was practicing this week, so hopefully he plays on Friday. Hopefully DeVaris Daniels gets into the lineup at receiver. And Don Unamba had an MRI on Monday after leaving the Montreal game, so we'll see what happens with him on Friday. It kind of seemed like almost the tale of two halves to me. They were beating up uh, Pipkin uh, a lot, and they were getting to him often. They had a lot more pressure than we've seen from that Eskimo defense since probably Chris Jones. Uh, Are they going to be able to do that against BC again? Yeah, it's definitely going to be different because obviously Mike Riley and, and, and the offensive weapons that he has and Deron Carter and, and, and Brian Burnham and such, they provide a different as or different type of threat than Montreal does. I mean, when when I was sat in the stands and I watched, really the only threat that I saw was Devere Posey, right? Like yeah. everybody else kind of I'm not saying that they're not skilled athletes because obviously are they wouldn't be playing, but it's just Montreal isn't the same team that BC is. So it's it's I think BC is going to you know provide very different challenges for for the off or for the defense sorry and it's it's I, I think it's going to be we're going to get a true test of what the Eskimos both offense and defense are made out of because kind of like last week with Montreal it's not a real true test right and you know the same thing goes for you know um, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Saskatchewan last week like. Not you know you're playing against Saskatchewan's offense. That's not real a true test to what your defense is capable of, right? You want to play against one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I think this week uh, Edmonton's going to get a true test. And 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 fans, it, you know, if we come out with a, if the Eskimos come out with a win, we're going to be super happy. But if the team loses, it's going to be highly entertaining to listen to the uh, after show on on the radio because. Fans are, you know, right away going to want to blow up the team and 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 trade Trevor Harris and get rid of all the linebackers and you know get rid of our secondary and you know get rid of Philip Lawley and all that stuff. That because that's just how fans are. That's every fan base. That's just not Eskimo fans. That's every fan base. Yeah, the the Eskimos are in tough. They want to play man to man, and they've got uh, yeah Burnham and Carter and the Canadians as well with the Lions. So that's going to be you're right. Definitely a a tougher test, but. If BC only runs the ball four times, then uh, I think the defense is going to know what's coming, and they can just pin their ears back and Boateng and and the boys can just head after Mike Riley and at least get a couple licks in on him. Uh, after the game, I'm really excited for this at Commonwealth Stadium, again, if the weather cooperates. But uh, Brandon Zilstra is going to be there. I assume he's going to be cranking that horn at the beginning of the game. But after the game, they're having a Spirit of Edmonton party on the field with sluice juice are you kidding me i feel like they're kind of thinking outside the box a little bit more this year we don't have any washed up rappers but we do have the super dogs this week 
Yeah, no, I, 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 this is the first I'm hearing about the the spirit of Edmonton. I, I must have missed the email or what. But well, they uh, said it when we were leaving the stadium last uh, last. Oh, week. really? Okay. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I must have missed that as I was walking out. But no, that 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 that's good that they're trying different things. I mean, I, there was a running joke in in our section to bring back the the, the super dogs <laughs> for the longest time. Um, I mean. I I will argue I will argue I like again I like a lot of people have said and I've I've heard or seen people say about Len Rhodes they like the guy he's a really nice personal guy and I understand what he was trying to do with the entertainment acts that he brought in last the last few years and and for the most part it worked because a lot of those games the the, the attendance did go up there was a bit of yeah. a spike but when you've got a predominantly older crowd like. I even said to my wife when I got back from the game last week, it was the first time when, A, I didn't go up to to, ha- to the concourse at halftime, and I noticed a lot of people stayed in their seats because they oh, wanted yeah. to see the Fred Stamps presentation, obviously, but also they were in the stands for Tom Cochran because everybody knows who Tom Cochran is, right? And they were singing along, and it was great. So if the Eskimos are thinking outside the box with more of this entertainment stuff, I, and as, as cheesy as the Superdogs are going to be, People are little kids are going to love it, and that's you know what you want. Yeah, I mean that's what we want to the stadium, right? More, yeah. more of those kids. You've got a little one. How often do you bring her uh, to the stadium? I, I brought her a couple times. I brought her to the preseason game this year. I want to be bringing her more, but she's still in the hole. Yeah, I don't really want to spend three hours sitting and not, you know, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not SpongeBob on TV. So <laughs> um, she wants to, she wants to do her stuff. And, you know, I, I eventually would like to get her to come and make, you know, I've got the extra seat. I buy an extra seat. Yeah. So when, and if she decides she wants to come, the seat's there and, and then hopefully it happens. But yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, you got to pass it on in the generations, right? Cause it's, it's something that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's cheap, good entertainment. Right? Is that how you got into it? Yeah, my dad had season tickets way back in the day. And uh, I remember I missed a game when I was three because I got drunk, which is... A, <laughs> when you were three? As I was three, yes. So we kick Brazilian tie off the podcast and we bring in his uh, long-lost cousin or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I was sneaking drinks from behind him because he had his drink sitting on the ground and I was taking sips of his Ryan Cokes that were probably three fingers deep. So <laughs> That's yeah. legendary, man. That is, yeah, no, and, and so, yeah, no, I, but yeah, that's the thing. He had season tickets, so I went with him and, and stuff, and then when, obviously when I got older, you know, with, you know, the, the Eskimos always did the, the high school thing or the, the, the tickets for the kids at school, and I'd always go to that, and then when I got old enough and got a job and I bought tickets, I can afford tickets. I, I've, had, I've been a season ticket holder for what nine years now. So yeah, it's 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 just you got to continue that right and get that tradition going. That's awesome, Joe. Hey, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to uh, step up and uh, fill in for <laughs> Brazilian tie. Absolutely, I, I have no problem anytime, man. It's it's it's, it's an honor and a pleasure. I know this was your dream come true. You've it been is. hounding me on Twitter for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's my goal to get on every single podcast. How many? How many have you been on? Um, let's see. I've been, obviously been on the Eskimos countless times. I've been on this one now. I've been asked to be on Rouge uh, Radio, but no one else has uh, stepped up. So. Oh, well, you're making your way through the Canadian Football Podcast Network, buddy. Well, I'll only <laughs> listen to the ones that ask me to be on this podcast. Let's put it that way. I'm glad we still got you then. 
Okay, buddy. We'll see you Friday at the game. Have a good one, man. Thanks again to Joe for filling in for the suspended Brazilian tie. You can follow him on Twitter, at Balineski. We're going to move on to Saturday's game. A lot of times we're going to wait until Labor Day for this one, but the Argos are hosting the Tiger Cats at BMO Field. Right after the game, fans get to leave and go to the Arkells concert right nearby, so that's pretty cool. The Cats did make some news uh, announcing that they have signed Canadian running back slash receiver Anthony Coombs, so he doesn't go far after playing in Toronto for a number of years. And as far as Toronto goes... They're coming off a bye week in week one, but veteran offensive lineman Ryan Bombin hasn't been practicing. So it looks like first overall pick Shane Richards has been taking reps. I know there's been some bad luck with first overall picks lately, but he's getting thrown to the wolves here and gets to play an offensive line against a nasty Tiger Cats defensive line. If Adam Stewart is from the practice roster and Balineski is from the pre-practice squad... I'm talking to Mike Graham now from Podski Wee Wee, a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network and on 3downnation.com. I'd say Mike would get onto the roster at least as a kicker, right? Uh, 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 oh, it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, no problem. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Now, you live in Edmonton. You are a Hamilton fan. What's, uh, what's the deal? How did this all happen? Where did you grow up? How did you get into the Ticats? Well, I grew up in Port Elgin, Ontario, which is about uh, it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Hamilton. And uh, my dad's a big Ticats fan. Uh, my parents had season tickets growing up, so we used to drive about two-and-a-half hours to each home game. And, uh, nice. Yeah, so it's been beaten into me ever since I was a child, and I've been, uh, I've been suffering ever since. <laughs> did, did you have to fight off any Ryder fans after the Simone hit uh, last week? Uh, it wasn't that bad on, on my end because... You know, I wasn't really defending it, but, uh, you know, my buddy Josh might have been uh, beating them off with a stick. <laughs> he's he's the hottest heel in the league. I think you're the calm Definitely. guy that uh, I just want everybody to have fun. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it gets quite crazy in the stands. We're talking Tiger Cats and Argos this Saturday in uh, Toronto. I love that they actually moved the game so the fans could go see the Arkells concert afterwards if they would like to but after week one a uh, big win over the rough riders it wasn't pretty but the special teams touchdown from frankie williams helped them grind that one out how are you feeling about going into this game against toronto uh yeah, i feel pretty good you know the offense didn't look that great uh neither did the defense really uh the run defense really got you know it handed it to them by william powell and the rough riders but uh you know, I think it's going to come together. You know, I really like this offensive line they put together. You know, you got you got four Canadians that are, you know, a mixture of veterans and uh, and uh, you know, Sirocco's a two-year guy. You got Revenberg. They brought back Riker Matthews from the NFL. He was with the Patriots for a little bit, and then of course the signing of Chris Van Zyl. So I think there's, you know, there's a lot of upside to this team, and they just. I'm not sure if it was the new offense, you know, Tommy Condell coming into the to the fold and June Jones leaving like right before training camp. I don't know if that had effect on this offense, but it must have because they just didn't look in sync. How did you like how uh, Steinauer managed his first game at head coach? You know, I thought he he, he did a pretty good job. It's you know, I. 
Overall, I think that uh, he's 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 ready for the job. You know, he's been a, a prospect for a long time. He was the assistant head coach last year, and you know this was the plan all along. I presume to slide him in there. So, you know, it's going to take some time. You never know with rookie head coaches. You know, going from a DC or an OC job to head coach is a big step. But but I have confidence in him that he'll uh, improve as the season goes on. Do you think it's easy to kind of overlook the Argos in this one? It's their home opener. They were on bye in uh, in uh, week one. They, they did make a lot of you know changes in the off season, and it, it it does look like they brought in a lot of talent into the fold. But everyone has anointed the Tiger Cats as first place in the East. I know whenever the Tabbies and Argos play, it's it could go any way. How do they not overlook the Argos? Well, they they just they just can't. I mean, they're going into to Toronto, and yes, there'll be a big tie cap presence, but I'm hoping there'll be a big Argos presence in the stands as well. I think that the Argonauts, um, a lot of people are overlooking them. You know, they you know they lose Tressman, he goes signs with the XFL, but they they bring in a guy like Corey Chamberlain who. Uh, you know, as a as a head coach, he won a Grey Cup in Saskatchewan, as you know, of course. And he he his defenses are always top notch. So I think they they do have a lot of talent, and and they have a guy like James Franklin who didn't have the greatest season last year, but I think that uh, he's going to have a bounce back year this year. You know, you bring in a guy like Darrell Walker, who they have some chemistry from their time in Edmonton, and. And you know the running back stable is is pretty darn good. You got a guy like James Wilder Jr., uh, Terrell Sutton, and then a, a, a Chris Rainey who could be you know a bit of a, a change up in that backfield. And Corey Chamberlain with that defense, I think that they could uh, surprise a lot of people this year. So you never know. You, like you said, with the Tie Cats and the Argonauts, that rivalry, they they both teams always get up for it, and uh, anything can happen. How uh, is the atmosphere on Labor Day in the Hammer? Have you have you taken in a few Labor Day classics? Many, many uh, at the old Diverwin Stadium. Yeah. Unfortunately, I I haven't lived in Ontario and I haven't been back to to see Tim Hortons Field since it's been built. But yeah, I've been to many many uh, Labor Day classics, and then you know, there's nothing like it. Um, now, I don't have the reference of going to a Labor Day Classic in Calgary, but, you know, the, the Steel Town fans really come out and support their team. It's, it's really a sight to behold. And I was at the last Labor Day Classic at Iverwood nice. Stadium, and, uh, you know, they lost, but it's a precious memory for me just being at that last one. It's always kind of... Uh... I get kind of sad when I I know that I wasn't able to be at Ivor Wynn, but I keep hearing more and more things about it. Like the players were in dugouts, so like the fans were right on top of them. That mm-hmm. sounds crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I was actually watching a game on ESPN Classic the other night, and you know I, I remember that the sidelines were very close to the wall, but it was a real danger to if you got pushed out of bounds. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, and the dugouts were just so unique. Um, you know, it, the best way I, I can describe Iverwin Stadium is it was a beautiful dump. You know? <laughs> <laughs> By the end of it, it was it was pretty bad shape, and we needed a new stadium, but uh, so many great memories from that 
you know, from that place. So, you know, it always holds a special place in my heart. So what do you think the Ticats need to do to beat Toronto on Saturday? They they had the running game going with Sean Thomas Erlington. He had six yards of carry and ended up having to leave the game. Are we going to be able to see him again this week? And if not, what will the Ticats do at that position? Well, that, that's a good question. I haven't really heard any updates from practice or anything like that. So, you know, Sean Thomas Erlington was one of the only bright spots on offense last week. He just looked incredible, and I thought that they should have ran the ball more with him. But uh, I hope he's back, and if not, you know, they have a guy like Jackson Bennett who is a converted DB. You could play him and still keep that Canadian spot, and, and Malik Irons is behind him. Or they have Cam Marshall floating around and maybe make that American spot for one game. But uh, I got my fingers crossed that Thomas Ellington's going to be back. But, you know, they, they just they have to play. The passing offense has to be better. Uh, Mazzoli didn't look that great last week. He just looked nervous. He, he didn't, you know, they, at times he was, it looked like he was trying to pass over that zone defense and the ball was, you know, falling short or he was overthrowing guys. So... You know, I think the the pass offense has to improve immensely, and I'd like to see that defensive line really put pressure on James Franklin and and the Toronto Argonauts because you know we have the talent. You know, you got a guy like Jagger Davis on defensive end, Ted, Big Teddy in the middle. They brought in Win in the middle too, and uh, you know that's a talented bunch. I'd like to see them get some heat on the quarterback. Man, uh, are you playing CFL fantasy at all? I mean, it's crept up on me this year, and I, just, I didn't get in the first week, but I I usually do every year, but maybe I'll jump in the second week. I was, I was kind of bummed out. I had uh, all my eggs in the Braylon Addison basket and hit one catch for uh, 16 yards, and this week I kind of want to go with uh, Mike Jones. T- talk me off the ledge. Should I pick one of these guys or not? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, Mike Jones is a hit-and-miss kind of guy. You know, one yeah, game he, he could have. 100 yards in the next game, he doesn't get any catches. So, you know, I think maybe they're going to have a bounce-back game, and maybe one of those guys, I, if I had to pick, I'd probably go with Addison. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I like both of those guys. Addison's probably a bit more uh, reliable. <laughs> yeah, he might get more balls to him. Too. He's a slot back, and, you know, Mike's on the, on the wide side of the field, I believe, and doesn't get a lot of a ton of balls thrown his way, but you know, there's that deep threat. He's a, he's a fast dude, so he can get open on those big passes. Awesome, Mike. Hey, thanks so much for filling in during a Brazilian tie suspension. Where can uh, people find more of you? Well, I'm on Twitter, uh, Mike underscore Ticats. And uh, if you want to find PodkiWeeWee, we're on 3downnation.com and pretty much everywhere you can download podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, all that good stuff. All right, man. Eat them raw. Eat them raw, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Mike Graham from Podski Wee Wee for coming on to and out this week as I uh, piece together three analysts to fill in for the suspended Brazilian tie. By the way, ticket sales look like they're going great at BMO Field. They have tarped off the upper deck there, but it looks like there aren't really all that many in the lower bowls and in the end zone there, and they're going to have a lot of fun. They've got $3 hot dogs and $5 beers at all the games now. You can get into the building for about 25 bucks. They're honoring Ricky Ray. 
Ray before this game, and uh, they're having Darrell Walker bobbleheads given away at the gate. So they're pulling out all the stops in Toronto, and I really hope they have a nice crowd Saturday afternoon. Going to fill you in on my uh, fantasy lineup for this week. I'm, I'm stocking up on Eskimos here. I really didn't like the way BC's defense looked last week against the Bombers, and... The Eskimo offense, I think it's probably maybe not as balanced as Winnipeg, but although uh, C.J. Gable ran amok last week, they they have more big playability, I would think. So Trevor Harris, C.J. Gable, Ricky Collins are all in my lineup against B.C. At running back, I'm going to have Sean Thomas Erlington from Hamilton going against Toronto. I just don't know how that defense is going to look. Uh, I could change it once the depth chart comes out on Friday for the Tiger Cats. Not sure if Thomas Erlington is healthy after last week against Saskatchewan, but he was on the bike in the second half, so hopefully he's good to go here with uh, some extra rest, what, nine days rest. I've got Luke Tasker in my lineup. Last year against the Argos, five touchdowns in three games. I'm banking on that. I'm throwing Tasker in there. He's expensive, though. He's over 8500 bucks. I got KD Cannon from the Riders in my flex spot. He's 2500 He was their leading receiver last week. He had 66 yards. If I can get at least that again, then I'd be happy with the return on 2500 bucks. And in the defense spot, I've got the Ottawa Red Blacks. I really liked how they looked against Calgary last week. They've got the two young quarterbacks in Saskatchewan here. I'm uh, I'm going to go with the Red Blacks here and see what they can do against the Riders at home at TD Place. As far as Pick'em goes, I'm rolling with the Red Blacks, the Eskimos, and the Tiger Cats. There you go. The Two and Out CFL podcast is proud to be a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'd like to point you in the direction of Not There Yet. It's a series of short essays by Terrence C. Gannon, covering a wide range of subjects from the perspective of the second decade of the 21st century. Man, he's done essays on Tiger Woods, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and... John DeLorean, you remember those cars in the 80s? I know there are a lot of fans of those cars, especially with Back to the Future, right? So check out Not There Yet, a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. And all three games in the CFL this week, you can get tickets for those at seatgiant.ca. It's all in Canadian funds, and if you use the promo code APN, you're going to save 5% off of your ticket order, and you're going to support the Alberta Prod Podcast Network in the process. SeatGiant.ca at checkout. Use the promo code APN. You can find Tune Out on Spotify now, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Tune in basically wherever podcasts are found, and check out our website, TuneOut.ca. I will talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.